Johnny started talking before we started recording. He said something about D's nuts, to which prompted me to find out what is the origin of D's nuts. Mm-hmm. Johnny, we we got him. We found him. So what's the origin? According to dictionary.com, the first known usage of D's nuts comes from the Chronic, a 1992 album by Dr. Dre. The actual track is spelled D E E E Z, so D's, and then N U U U U T S, nuts. The song begins with a phone call between a man and a woman. After a short back and forth between the two, the man suddenly shouts, D's nuts, within a year. D's nuts had already gained popularity among hip hop and R&B artists. In the 1993, the expression D's Nuts appears in the title of songs by the rapper ALT in the R&B group Escape. Do either of those names mean anything to you, Johnny? No. Okay. The later usage of the phrase D's Nuts directly evolved from the intentionally disruptive way it is used in Dr. Dre's 1992 song. Though the original Dr. Dre song was intermittently referenced for many years, usage of the phrase spiked in 2015 when Instagram user Welvin DeGrape posted a video of himself telling a similar D's Nuts joke to a friend on the phone. The video turned Welvin the Great's profile into a viral internet sensation. Johnny, do you, know, you know this guy? This is the guy who goes, got him. You seen? You know who I'm talking about? No, I don't know who that is. Okay. However, D's Nuts truly broke into the mainstream later that year when D's Nuts became a U.S. presidential candidate, <laughs> scoring an astonishing third place in public polls right after Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. In fact, the candidate D's Nuts was actually a 15-year-old Iowa native named Brady Olson who registered the pseudonym as a way of expressing his frustration with the two major political parties. Inserting a D's Nuts prank into something as serious as a presidential election brought this meme to the attention of the general public, and its usage has been consistent ever since. So, Johnny, for you, when you hear D's Nuts, is it from that video? Is it from the Dr. Dre song, or is it from your memory of the presidential election? No, it's just from growing up. Or just randomly. Like, so it's probably from the songs. Everybody was saying, yeah, probably from the songs. Sounds like it comes from the music then. But I wasn't thinking about the song when I like say it. It's just a term we grow up with. Well, I mean, that kind of matches because I looked up a little bit further. And it says that D's Nuts is usually used as like a uh, as a way to, as a tension breaker. It says D's Nuts is primarily used in real life conversation as a tension breaker. And online it is generally used for the sake of trolling and otherwise serious conversation on social media or forums. Otherwise serious. Yeah. It can also be used as a put down in response to perceived disrespect. Where a person expresses their offense at another's behavior by telling them to do various sexual acts to D's Nuts. D's Nuts has become a common online meme. Additionally, D's Nuts is often used in prank calls and in prank videos. So there you go, Johnny. That is the actual history of the phrase these now i remember why i asked you what was your favorite saying or phrase that you oh just... uh, yeah and i just said these nuts and i thought you were being serious so i looked it up yeah that's right you know which one i like i like two in the bush no wait what's the phrase two no ah oh wait was it two two in the hand is better than two in... oh, no, one in the hand is better than two in the bush hear that phrase yes say it again what does it mean one in the hand is better than two in the bush it's like take what's already yours or what's like it to be yours yes exactly rather than like foolishly but why that one i don't know i think that's the oh no you know what no i like the classic two birds with one stone that's one i like it's much more common i use that phrase a lot how about come and take it come and take it mo and labe very famous the greek i think i think that's how you i don't know if it's pronounced that way but it's spelled that way moen lab it's like in greek letters 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you pronounce it that. That's how I've always spelled it. It's a very common military phrase. They yeah. use it like on rifles and stuff. But yeah, come and take it. Either that one or, or over my dead body. Mm. They're like right next to each other. Do you always strike? You always strike me more as a "don't tread on me" kind of guy. I guess. You think that's more accurate than "come and take it"? Oh my god, Andrew! Now you're uh, marking me as a right wing. <laughs> that's not necessarily true. This pod is so canceled. Oh god. Anyways. Johnny, let's go ahead and get started, shall we? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Duo Sense Podcast, a weekly podcast not about political phrases, yeah, but about no, video games. And nothing against right wingers either. Yes, let's, not at all. Let's throw in that, um, and not asterisk. What would you call that? Disclaimer. Let's throw in that disclaimer. disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't care what side you're into. Everybody's welcome here. Okay, Johnny, you threw me off my groove, man. Okay, introduce again. What were you going to say? I was doing the intro. You threw me ah, off. Ah, shit. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I am your host, as always, Andrew Roscoe, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause because he is always down for the cause, never down for count. I forgot. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. It, I'm a little rusty. The unnecessary one, Johnny. Hey. We're way past hey, Johnny, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, Johnny. So we got a couple of stories. Not this is a, uh, I would say this is a slower news week in the in the sense that there's less stories, but it's not slower in the sense of the gravity of these stories. So let's start with the first one, shall we, Johnny? Bon Bungie Bungie is joining PlayStation. This comes from the PlayStation blog, of course. Um, big news when I saw it this morning. Here we go. Okay, so this is written by Jim Ryan, the man himself. It says, today, I am happy to announce Bungie will be joining the PlayStation family. First off, I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform, that's interesting, studio and publisher. As such, we believe it makes sense for it to sit alongside the PlayStation Studios organization, and we are incredibly excited about the opportunities for synergies and collaboration between these two world-class groups. I have spent a lot of time with Pete Parsons, Jason Jones, and the Bungie management team to develop the right relationship where they will be fully backed and supported by Sony Interactive Entertainment and able to do what they do best, build incredible worlds that captivate millions of people. Bungie's world-class expertise in multi-platform development and live game services, oh, that's interesting, that's what they're after, will help us deliver on our vision of expanding PlayStation to hundreds of millions of gamers. Bungie is a great innovator and has developed incredible proprietary tools that will help PlayStation Studios achieve new heights under Herman Hulse's leadership. Here are a few words from Herman about this exciting acquisition and what it means for gamers. So here, here he comes. I am absolutely, th- should I do an accent Johnny or no? Go for it. I don't know what he sounds like, honestly. I am absolutely thrilled to announce a new member will be joining the PlayStation family. Is that a good one or no? You sound like Greta Thunberg. Who's that? Oh, the How Dare You? Yes. Okay, I'll go with that. It's fine. I've been a fan of Bungie for many years. I have admired and enjoyed the games that they create and have great respect for their skill in building worlds that gamers want to explore again and again. Bungie makes games with outstanding technology that are enormously fun to play. They also have unmatched dedication to the communities that play their games, and everyone at PlayStation and PlayStation Studios will be excited about what we can share and learn from them. I have spent a great deal of time with the senior team at Bungie, and it is clear that their experience and skills are highly complementary to our own. We will be ready to welcome and support Bungie as they continue to grow, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for the incredible team. 
Herman Holst, head of Blazing Studios. I think I sound more like um, Tony Blair. You remember Tony Blair? No. Uh, Prime Minister of the UK? No? Okay. Here are a few words from... Okay, we're not going to... No, no. We're not doing all this free... Oh, my God. This guy has, like, like two, three pages worth of... No, okay. The point is, <laughs> PlayStation has acquired... Bungie, Johnny, what do you think about the use in the beginning? Those uh, he makes it very clear in the beginning. Jim Ryan says, uh, first off, I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher." What do you think that key phrase is saying? Do you think it means like they're still going to make games for other platforms? I don't know, dude. Uh, are you into uh, what's it called? Um, Destiny? No. Yeah, Destiny. No, that's not my thing. I mean, I play Destiny one and two. I own both of them. So you think they're just? I've completed them? the campaign for both of them, but like beyond that, like the additional stuff, I don't follow. If they're saying they're gonna have like, they're gonna do their own thing, it just means really Sony's just gonna keep giving them money, so they don't have to worry about like, you know, like making sure that the project is done like right. You know, it's ready when it's ready. Mm-hmm. You think it'll just be that? Because I because it sounds to me like yeah, it sounds like they're just kind of acquiring them and like we're it's kind of not like a puppet state. It's kind of like this, like okay, we, like you're ours now, but you know, for the most part, like we're not gonna micromanage you to hell. Like you're gonna, you're gonna be autonomous, but just know in the end, like you answer to us, kind of thing. But the acquisition only makes sense if they're gonna take some of that talent and then apply it to the newer IP they might want to make, right? I would hope so. I I would hope that's what they're trying to do. I mean, ideally, I would want them to kind of take a more hands-on approach with the team and maybe have them like all right guys you guys have been supporting the you know destiny for a while like well we try doing something new for a while like you know put out some more yeah, like exactly games that are not like live service games yeah hopefully. otherwise just what's the point of, of picking them up just revenue but i would take a long time to pay off but i think why, but why destiny you know why, why bungee, bungee? Of all companies that's a good point um yeah i mean i would hope they would take a hands-on approach but now that statement kind of makes me like second guess that the same about them being independent and kind of just like do your own thing, a multi-platform. It really sounds like they're trying to take like a more like backseat approach. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not sure if that makes the most sense for them. Uh, I was looking, I was trying to look up the article where it mentions how, because some people were saying like, oh, this is clearly like a response to. No, that's silly. And to Xbox acquiring Activision. Exactly. This was like two weeks later, but there's an IGN article. Let me see if I could find it about how, um, like this deal was like five to six months in the making already. Uh, let me see if I can find it. IGN, why don't you make your articles easier to find? Is it right here? No. Mm, might be this one. Uh, no. Okay. Well, I can't find the article, but there's an article where they mention like, oh yeah, like this has been going on for like five to six months already. IGN, I'm gonna put five to six months. Let's see if that comes up. Uh, here we go. No. Oh, but okay. This is a similar article. Uh, it says PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan says more acquisitions are on the way following Bungie deal. Not exactly what I want to hear, but okay. Uh, this is an article by Logan Plant. It says PlayStation boss Jim Ryan says we should expect more studio acquisitions in the future. In the wake of today's news that Sony's buying Destiny developer Bungie for three point six billion. GameIndustry.biz's Christopher Dring tweeted that Ryan said, We should expect more when it comes to further PlayStation acquisitions. In the full GameIndustry.biz interview with Jim Ryan and Bungie CEO Pete Parsons, which was published after Dring's tweets, 
Ryan said that Sony has many more moves to make. He also talked about Sony's ambition to grow its live services and grow beyond PlayStation's, quote, historic console heartland, end quote. I've been on record talking, oops, link him up, pop-ups. I've been on record talking about increasing the size of the PlayStation community and expanding beyond our historic console heartland. This can take many forms, Ryan said. We are starting to go multi-platform. You've seen that. We have an aggressive roadmap with live services and the opportunity to work with and particularly learn from the brilliant and talented people from Bungie. That is going to considerably accelerate the journey we find ourselves on. Parsons added that Bungie is working on more than Destiny. Well, that's good. And that the studio sees its partnership as an opportunity to build. It's been an acquisition frenzy so far in the game industry in 2022. In the last few weeks, Take-Two acquired Zynga. And then Microsoft blew that number out of the water by spending $68.7 billion to acquire Activision Blizzard King. While Sony's timing may indicate the Bungie acquisition was a response to Microsoft's move earlier this month, Dring says this deal was in the works long before that, for the past five or six months. Okay, so here it is. So it's not a direct response to the Activision deal. Dring also says that this deal could lead to Bungie taking its properties like Destiny to television and movies. That would be interesting because there is a lot of Destiny lore. Like, deep Destiny lore. Sony has been making a big entertainment push with its IP, including the upcoming Uncharted movie, which comes out this month. No. Well, as of publishing of this podcast, it comes out this month, because tomorrow's February. Last of Us TV series. Hope it's good, Johnny. Hope it's good. Ghost of Tsushima movie. Hope it's good. Hope it's good. And more. It's possible we could see Destiny make that move as well. Elsewhere, Ryan addressed IGN's recent report on Bungie's efforts to reform its workplace culture, which at times has been extremely toxic. Ryan called it an area that Sony takes incredibly seriously. We hold ourselves to extremely high standards throughout the organization and with the businesses that we partner. This is something that I have been incredibly sensitive to right from the start of the conversations, Ryan said. And I have been nothing but impressed and I have nothing but the highest praise for the way that Bungie organizes and conducts itself. There are a number of areas that Sony can learn from Bungie. Philanthropy is a cornerstone value, and I think that speaks to everything. Sony has been busy with studio acquisitions over the past few years, so it makes sense that Bungie, I'm sorry, it makes sense that the Bungie deal doesn't mark the end of the road. Last year alone, Sony acquired five studios, including Returnal developer Housemark, Bluepoint Games, Fire Sprite, Nixus, and Valkyrie. And then it kind of just ends right there. Peter's out. Um, I don't know, Johnny. I mean. Just because it's PlayStation doesn't make it like make me feel any different other than my sentiment about how consolidation I'm not a huge fan of. Like consolidation when it's to fix things, like with the Blizzard deal, where like mm-hmm. you know, they're getting rid of Bobby Kodak supposedly and like working on like the workplace culture, like that's a silver lining. But I really feel like if PlayStation was gonna do this, they should have done it to like smaller studios or like somebody that needs the acquisitioning. You know what I mean? Like like a Konami sort of kind of deal. You know what I mean? Like something that's like, please, if you're going to get anybody, get these people kind of thing. I not just, not one that's already successful enough. Yeah, it's just Konami and Capcom. Those are Capcom's fine. Capcom is fine. Yeah, but those are the ones I want. Like if Sony was like, if they got to fucking purchase anything, those are the two studios for me. Probably but more is, expensive than Bungie, I think. But this acquisition is only like three compared to like three points of yeah well they don't have big boy money like microsoft does no but this is still kind of a drop in the bucket for sony i guess well i don't know i'm not gonna pretend to know like what their like you know taxes and revenue are well they are the 
highest, I think, what, the number one place for, like, game revenue of all the companies? $50 billion, about. Okay. So, I guess, I mean, do you want to really spend more than $3 billion, though, of that $50 billion on acquisitions? Or do you want to just strengthen your core IP, maybe? Well, who else would they buy? I don't know how much Capcom is. I can't tell you, like, what's the market cap on that off the top of my head. But, I don't know. I'd rather them just not buy anything. But it uh, sounds like... IP. It sounds like there's more acquisitions ahead of us. So that makes me curious to see what the next ones are going to be. I mean, I can't imagine like they're going to be less remarkable, right? I, like the way Microsoft does it, like each one is kind of like built upon the previous one where it's like more and more outlandish. I'm wondering, is Sony going to do the same thing where it's like, okay, we got Bungie and they were moving on to something bigger and then something bigger. I don't know. But Johnny, what do you feel about this consolidation? Like there's more and more. It feels like a chess game and like more of the pawns are being picked off the board. And just the bigger, bigger players are staying on. What do you think? I just don't like it. I just want new IP. I want all that money invested into a game. Like if that means just expanding Naughty Dog or Santa Monica Studios. I don't know why they can't do that. Like, you know, a lot of companies have like their west side division, right? West, East, yeah. North, Rockstar North. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I prefer. So you'd rather invest that money in building the team from the ground up internally. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think you're right. I think starting new... I guess it's just because that's very unproven and unchosen track... Like, unproven track record. People are more reluctant than going with somebody who's, like, historically a winner, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like, I'm not really upset that Sony... I have the preference, but I'm not upset that Sony bought this because there is talent there. Except if they're looking for IP, like, why go with that IP, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they do have... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Oni. We spoke about it earlier. Oh, Bungie. Yeah. That one game they did. How did you describe it? It's it's like a, a third per- secret agent. Yeah, a third-person cyberpunkish kind of action shooter. Yeah, and it's focused on uh, CQC. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and that looks like a dope ass IP. It reminds it reminds me of Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dude, I would fucking love a game that's based on Total Recall, or like kind of Blade Runner or Ghost in the Shell. Right. Why not just do Ghost in the Shell then? <laughs> yeah, but Oni is like the closest thing that Sony probably has to that. Now, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If that's a beloved franchise though. It kind of flew under the radar. Oni. It kind of just existed, and I don't know. It doesn't. It's not like a household name, you know what I mean? So, but I guess the potential is there if they wanted to, they could do something with it. Yeah, it's like every other property. It's like it wasn't shit at once, right? So, I guess. Speaking of Sony, let's move on to our next story, Johnny. MLB the Show is coming to Nintendo Switch. This article comes to us by way of Joe Scrabbles over at IGN. He writes, what? Uh, actually, what happened? I don't want to get this wrong, but what do you think the... <sighs> actually, that's market cap. Go ahead. I want to make sure I get this right. Okay. That will be the show 2022 is coming to Nintendo Switch and will feature cross-save, cross-play, and cross-progression across all consoles. Announced during a reveal event, the Sony first-party game will now be playable on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and Switch. You'll be able to play and carry save data across all platforms by creating an MLB The Show account. The game will once again hit Xbox Game Pass on launch day. 
MLB, MLB The Show arrived on Xbox for the first time last year after MLB itself asked Sony San Diego to make the series multi-platform. This year's edition marks the first time the series has come to a Nintendo platform and is the first portable version of the game since MLB The Show on Vita in 2015. Shohei Otani of the, Los Angeles, of the Los Angeles Angels will be the cover athlete on the standard edition of the series game. Collector's editions of the game will feature a different star who is yet to be revealed. The game is available to pre-order now and will be released on April 5th, 2022. So that's a short one, Johnny. Johnny, this obviously, I mean, baseball I'm sure is big, but that's, it's, the, we're not talking, it's not baseball that we're talking about here so much, so much as it is that we have a PlayStation first party studio making the game not only for Xbox, but also going to be on Nintendo, on Nintendo, Nintendo console. And that's kind of historic in its own right. What do you think about that? I mean, we know that the MLB, the organization, kind of like twisted their arm around to kind of make it multi-platform. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Sony be, will be generating revenue from the Nintendo Switch and Xbox is kind of interesting. It's an interesting precedent, I think. What do you think? I don't know. I don't really have much of an opinion on that. Because I don't play MLB. Uh, I don't, I don't either. I don't, I don't either. play too many sports games. Right. The fact that it's on Nintendo now. Uh, Do you think like this might lead to like more of like the breaking down of barriers as we go, between like the multiple like, like people have always asked like, is Game Pass going to come to PlayStation? People have been asking that, and I'm I like, don't know if it applies to this because it's MLB like twisting their arm on this. So right. It's not just Sony saying straight up, we're going to put this game on those consoles. Mm-kay. So I can't really speak on Sony's future because this is very, you know, specific. Right. Well, let's think about it because remember, like crossplay before wasn't a thing that was possible, right? Mm-hmm. Because like nobody was playing nice with each other, right? Yeah. It wasn't until like Fortnite and um, right. I think was Fortnite the main one that kind of made it like like Nintendo and Microsoft, were, or was it Minecraft? I'm thinking of. I think it was Fortnite. It was one of those two, right? They kind of like forcefully, like they kind of like like come on PlayStation. You're like the only one holding out on this, yeah. right? Like, they didn't want to be able to have that because they didn't want you to, like, buy, like, DLC or, like, currency on other consoles that's not on PlayStation or whatever, right? Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. That was, like, the major hang-up. And now, like, Call of Duty is cross-play. You can play with other people. Like, so cross-play is now, like, almost like an industry standard where, like, two, three years ago, it was, like, not a thing. And now it is a thing. So it makes me wonder... Is this, are we start, are we seeing like the steady breakdown of like, oh, we don't do business with them kind of thing? Like, is that a thing you think is going to, you're right that the MLB is like twisting their arms on this, but like, I'm trying to think, is there a company or is there a developer or something that like Microsoft or Nintendo have a contract with who's going to be like, hey, like, why don't we make these games multi-platform, like get some more money in? I wonder if there's anybody out there like, because MLB is obviously, obviously has a contract with Sony. I'm trying to think, is there anybody like. Does Activision Blizzard have any contracts with any? No. I mean, Ubisoft has a Tom Clancy one, but they bought the right to the name Tom Clancy. I'm trying to think if there's any, like, relationships where, like, anybody can force somebody to make a multi-platform game that traditionally wouldn't be multi-platform. Maybe someone like Disney. Disney, if it had any... Well, that's the thing, though. They have, like, their own games division, so they can do whatever they want in terms of platforms. They have, like, Disney Interactive. Yeah, but I'm thinking, like, uh, Spider-Man. 
Well, Spider. Oh, the license for Spider Man, right? That's another PlayStation Insomniac, yeah, right? If, if uh, Disney could force Sony to be like, "Hey, we need to have this game on all the platforms," that could be interesting. And Insomniac has to develop it for all of them. That would be interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't. Mm, what? No, I was gonna say I wouldn't be surprised, but well, because Insomniac has worked. They made um uh was that uh, Sunset Overdrive for that was an Xbox ex- exclusive they made a while back. Mm-hmm. But that was when they were like a free agent. Now that Sony owns them, I wonder if who knows? Maybe Disney. I don't know. Is that partnership? Yeah, that partnership was with Marvel, right? So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They would have to rescind the license or something, maybe, or maybe like negotiate a new contract for that. But yeah, you're right. That would be like the other equivalent of that MLB situation. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe we'll see that more. I mean, I feel like for the most part, it, collaboration is key now to make more money in every like in every walk of life. Collab- collaboration. You're stronger together than you are apart. I think. What yeah, you- but. That probably holds them back too. Like, you think Miles Morales and Spider Man could run on a, on a fucking Nintendo? No, I was thinking more like Xbox. I wasn't even thinking about Nintendo, honestly. Okay. No, no, hell no, hell no. <laughs> yeah, so, so if Sony wants to make The Last of Us, that's not going to go on Nintendo. No, because that's can... an original IP. That's a uh, PlayStation IP. Okay, but let's just say Disney owned it. Okay. Like, the shit can't even run on that console. Right, not natively. Definitely not natively. You know, Control runs on Nintendo Switch. But not natively. It's like through the cloud or something. Does it even start up? Yes, it starts up. Okay. I just mentioned control because I know you love it. Oh, you said on the cloud though. Yeah. It doesn't run on the hardware. Okay. Which kind of tells me about the limitations of the hardware in itself. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know Kingdom Hearts also? Like all the Kingdom Hearts games are going to be running on the cloud on the Switch? No, I didn't know. Which is weird because Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 are PS2 games. You're telling me that can't run natively on the Switch? Really? Kingdom Hearts 3 I can understand because that's like a much more graphically powerhouse game but it's weird that one and two can't just run on the you can't just download over the console it's weird anyways okay i just want to touch upon that it's not a huge story but i thought it was worth bringing it up so that's why we talked about it uh let's go to our final story uh we're only an half hour enjoying we're on our final story this has been a you know that kind of week star wars eclipse reportedly inspired by the last of us this is an article on cbr I think that's Comic Book Resource. I could be wrong. I think that's what CBR stands for. Written by Brad Lang. An easy name for me to pronounce. Oh, what? Fuck it. What? Let's just, let's just jump in here. So, really quick. Bungie was bought for how much? 3.7 billion. Okay, okay, so how much do you think? What do you prefer? Capcom or Konami? I mean, I like Capcom games more, but I think Konami would benefit the most from an acquisition. Alright, so Konami, how much do you think the net worth is? This is like some random website. It might not be this, but I'm gonna like... go with ten billion. Okay, the net worth for Konami it says five billion. Oh, okay. So I was I overshot by twice. Yes. And Capcom? Okay, Capcom's gonna be ten billion. Four point nine. Even less than Konami. oh, you know what it is? It's that pachinko money. It's that gambling uh, money, yeah, the Konami probably. And Yu-Gi-Oh too. Yu-Gi-Oh is a huge Konami property. Yeah, but I was thinking ten billion too. Yeah, so, but damn, five is so low, dude. I mean, they would have to be open. They would. Have, you have to be willing to sell yourself too. But they got so much IP. Capcom or Konami? Both. Well, Konami just has really just Metal Gear and Castlevania and Castlevania and Yu-Gi-Oh and Gradius. Oh, Gradius and Contra. Dude, I would love a Gradius. And, and 
There's more stuff I can't Castlevania. Just... Silent Hill. Oh, shit, you're right. They have more. There's other ones I can't remember off the top of my head that they have. I said Silent Hill. I said Metal Gear. But Silent you're Man. right. Capcom definitely has way more notable IP. Like, Shearing Up Mega Man, Resident Evil, I mean, Devil Dino Cry. Crisis. Yeah, I'm not even going to go through all of it, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised Capcom's that low. I would think it'd be more worth more than that. Because they have so much, like, merch and so much, like, just the presence in every, like, form of media. I'm surprised. Anyways, uh, back to the article before Johnny interrupted. <laughs> New details on Star Wars Eclipse suggest that the game is Quantic Dream's most ambitious project to date, and it is inspired by The Last of Us. Right on Twitter, leaker account NGT provided a list of all the information they have gathered on Star Wars Eclipse since originally confirming it is in late 2021. Within the thread, the industry insider note that the game will feature a mix of story and gameplay, The Last of Us in inspiration, and could also include traditional action gameplay with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, cited as an example of what fans can expect. Beyond this, account NGT also writes that Star Wars Eclipse will have more playable characters than any other game made by Quantic Dream, a studio widely known for producing narratives focused on multiple protagonists. The actual story will be non-linear in nature and is currently still being written. The developer is reportedly also working to implement some form of competitive multiplayer, but what form this will take is currently unknown. The last significant nugget of information to be gained from the news report is that Star Wars Eclipse will seemingly launch on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. When the original cinematic trailer debuted during the Game Awards 2021, the title's platforms were not specified. While many fans are excited about a Star Wars game embracing the popular setting of the High Republic, development on Eclipse has reportedly been troubled. Quantic Dream is currently embroiled in a high-profile investigation and lawsuits surrounding allegations of workplace inequality and sexual harassment. This controversy has impacted the developer's hiring process, leading some to believe that the game will only release closer to 2026. Reputable leaker Tom Henderson revealed rumors that Eclipse initially started off as an ambitious MMO... (laughs) A plan which was pitched to Sony, who ultimately rejected the project. Thank God for that. We have enough MMOs. Whatever happens with Star Wars Eclipse, fans of the galaxy far, far away can look forward to several other games that will be released in the future. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga finally unveiled its April 5th release date after several years of delays, while Respawn Entertainment confirmed that it was working on three new titles in collaboration with Lucasfilm Games. One of these projects is the highly anticipated sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I forgot about that. We didn't talk about that. How Respawn Entertainment has three new Star Wars games planned. So, like, even though EA lost the exclusivity deal, like, they're still going to be making Star Wars games. Wait, did it mention them? The uh, Specifically, which ones? Okay, so it's not mentioned here, but I did write about it uh, for Geeky News Now. One of them is a strategy game in the vein of XCOM. Another one right. is a third-person shooter. Mm-hmm. And then this one, which is the Fallen Order sequel. Those are the three respawn. Uh, dev- a third person shooter. Third person shooter. Okay. A strategy game that's uh, being made by respawn's newest like studio. That I mean, it's newest like team they just put together, which is supposedly not confirmed. Supposedly in the vein of XCOM, like that kind of strategy game. And the of course, and they announced the official the sequel to Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order. That's all dope. Somebody out there though has to be working on like squadrons. What? Yeah, maybe Dice. No, who did Squadrons? I forgot the team. I think that was Dice. No, Dice does Battlefront. Yeah, you're right. And they already there's probably not going to be a Battlefront three. Dude, you know what I want? 
I want pod racers. They released the pod. They released pod racers. Fuck all that. I want a brand new pod racer. I don't know if the demand is there for that. It's probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but they gotta have like some missions with it, like some. I can definitely see it in the new uh, Fallen Order. Pod racing, in- yeah, I guess you could fit that, but it wouldn't be like a a major staple of the game. It'd probably just be like a one time level or something. Well, there'd be levels, but the level is the center. Maybe like of a attraction. side activity or something. No, the center of attraction has to revolve around pod racers, and you can do it to like fast travel. I don't know. I mean, fast travel through yeah, space in well, a pod racer? No, Going no, planet no, no. to planet? No, you're just on the planet. And fast traveling of, within the planet. Yeah, and instead of like fast travel, you have to get on a pod racer and go where you need to go. I mean, that sounds interesting, but I don't know if I'd be down for that. I don't know. That seems like a waste of uh, assets and talent. And, eh. Eh. It's... Not, it's not exactly your strongest idea, Johnny, but... Um, it's a great idea. I just don't think... You just need to flesh it out a little bit more. <laughs> Anyways, back... You know what? What? We're supposed to do a pitch. So we could do a pot racer pitch. Why don't we say that for later? All right. Hold on to that thought. Hold on to that thought, Johnny. Uh, okay, Johnny, what do you think about this being inspired by The Last of Us? Does that excite you for Eclipse more, knowing that? Yeah, but what does that really mean? Is it just going to be heavy narrative, or is it going to be the gore? Well, we know Quantic Dream is... Okay, Quantic Dream has a strong narrative legacy, right? They mm-hmm. Then saying that it's going to be more playable characters than like any of their past games, I'm like, okay, Heavy Rain has like four. Uh, Detroit Become Human has three. And Beyond Two Souls, I think, has like three, too, also. Also three. So we know that means like at least four characters up to who knows how many. But when I think of Last of Us, I'm thinking of like the action, right? You're thinking of like the combos, the sneaking around and like attacking clickers. Yeah, but Disney's gonna, not going to let that play. Probably. Well, you know what? I mean, maybe not like as gory. I don't think it would be as gory and as like, you know, we're going to see throats being slid and cut open like. So we couldn't even get Deadpool. Like, it's supposed to be in development. But Disney isn't really fucking with Deadpool. And how much fucking gore does Deadpool have? Yeah, but you're talking about a movie compared to a video game. I don't know if the two are, like, similar. Okay, how crazy would Disney make as as far as video games go? Like, what are they going to show? Like, they're not going to show straight up gore. In Star Wars, yeah, well, Star Wars has never been known for its gore. That's not a thing. That's not a part. But of we're talking Star Wars. about like a mishmash between The Last of Us. Oh, okay, that's what you're thinking. Like overly graphic violence. You're thinking? I'm thinking they meant like in the terms of like gameplay, where like maybe you're escorting somebody and like you're using stealth. Maybe you're throwing rocks or bricks as a distractions. Maybe like I'm thinking Last of Us in terms of like that kind of enemy AI like intelligence. Like, they know when you're, like, somewhere doing something or they'll call out, like, oh, they got Babu Freak or whatever. Like, oh, they killed... Like, you know how Last of Us, like, they call out the names of, like... Babu Freak? That's one of the characters from Rise of the Jet... Uh, Return... Rise of Skywalker. That's what they're called? Babu Freak. He's a little tiny little guy. The one Oh. He fixes C-3PO, remember? Babu Freak? Yeah. I don't know if that's his name. Yes, it is. Babu Freak. Is that how you say it? Babu Freak. B-A-B-U-F-R-I-K. Okay, he's cool. 
You remember the little guy now? The little oh, funny like one? I, what is it when they're fixing the parts or whatever? Uh-huh. And what the... How does it go? They're fixing the parts and he screwed something up and he laughs about his fuck up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. Anyway. Oh, no, no, no. And then, and then the part where they're at the very end and they're having the, the space fight. Mm-hmm. And then um, the girl shows up and then he just pops out the window. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And he's all excited. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they meant like that kind of like game design or gameplay. Not so much the violence, the over top graphic violence. I think just like it's going to have a similar feel. It's an inspiration, right? It doesn't mean it's like a straight like copy paste. So it'll be a somber. I think that's the best way of putting it. Yeah, I think that's the best way. It's going to be kind of a serious, maybe more like depressing kind of story. What kind of story would you would you want to see? I like. So this is set during the High Republic, which is like when the Jedi were like at their best of the best. Like their ranks, like their numbers were great. They were like unrivaled. They didn't have as many issues. They were like, it's considered like the like the prosper like the high. It's kind of self explain high republic like the like the peak of like kind of like a pax roma now you know what that is pax roma it's mm-hmm. an era of the roman republic when it was like it had like the most peace i heard it i heard it too i don't know i was like it came from the garage but that's what i'm thinking of so high republic so we're gonna see lots of jedi being cool being like you know badasses basically i'm hoping i'm wondering I'm hoping it's going to be something more like if you do jump around from character to character, like it's going to do like what Quantic Dream games do, where like eventually all the characters meet up together or they all kind of get to the same spot. And then like the main like antagonist or like the main, the actual story like plays out and stuff. So, well, Quantic Dreams is working on um, the Old Republic, right? High Republic. High Republic. Yes. Maybe. Old Republic is like a thousand, two thousand years before the movies. Okay, cool. So, High Republic is only like two hundred years before the. Wait, movies. is this is this Quantic Dreams? Yeah. Oh, so this story is a test to them. I thought th- this was like a whole different. No, this is Eclipse. We've been talking about it since December. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Um, what I would like to see is this is a High Republic, but I kind of want to see a story where the Jedi are seen as like antagonists. That wouldn't make sense. Well, I mean, because like the only antagonists they have is like these space Vikings, like these anarchist Vikings. Those well, I mean, bad guys. in a sense that that they're kind of like a religious cult and they're not necessarily helping people when they could. No, but that goes completely against the High Republic because the High Republic is the opposite of that. It's the Jedi when they're at their, like... The prime, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's already books and comics about this era like, that just came out, like, last year. So, is there, like, a window where they can kind of see the downfall of the High Republic? No. The downfall doesn't come into, like, the movies, which is, like, 200 years later. Shit. We already got that. We got that in Revenge of the Sith. We got that in Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. Mm. That's their downfall moment. This is like the opposite. This is like the good old days, basically. This is like 1950s America <laughs> after World War II. Like everything's cheap. You can afford a house with like a regular job. <laughs> this is like the best of the. Like, these were the best of times. They were the worst. You know, it's like that kind of thing. So. Yeah. Anyways, we talked enough about that Republic. I hope it's a bomb game. Bomb as in good, not as in like it bombs. Like, I hope it's good. So, anyways, let's go ahead and end that chapter for us. Johnny? Yeah. Do you want to talk about what we've been playing, or do you want to go straight into your pod racer pitch? No, let's do pod racer later. Okay. After everything. What have you been playing, sir? I've just been playing a little more Frostpunk. 
It's amazing. You need to play more it's games. It's great. Man. My whole colony, my colony got the clap. Like the actual disease? Yes. How? Okay, it's cold. I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah, I had to bring a morale. And... <laughs> wow, did you do? It's like you know what, guys. Like, sir, they've been complaining. They're like, their morale's low. They're thinking about muting. He's like, you know what? Tell them to sleep around. <laughs> Is that the solution? Yeah, well, it's kind of like that. Like, I had the option of building a church. Oh, that's right. You told me you built the brothel, right? Yeah, because <laughs> I, I told you, like, I need all these resources, right? And if I don't get the right resources, there's certain, like, uh, certain things I can't build. And I couldn't build uh, medical facilities. So then people start getting like really fucking hungry, right? You could see like the little dish in the bottom and it just keeps going up. It just says like 50 of your people are fucking hungry. They're about to strike on your ass. So I'm like, should I build a church or should I build a brothel? You can't like ration or something? Nah, so I I, I put in the brothel and I put it next to their homes because this is like their, the effective area. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't know what happened, but somebody brought the clap from, from England or Britain and does it actually say where he came from or did you that's it? where we came from oh okay yeah so the characters though yeah yeah so somebody got the damn clap and then <laughs> i had a like i told you like i needed medical facilities and i needed to get their morale up and they got the clap and because they got the clap i needed to build more medical facilities you get what i'm saying yes and so a lot of the people were really fucking screwed and that's what happened the clap isn't like it's not fatal, right? Uh it probably was back then. Oh, okay. In this frost punk uh timeline setting. Isn't the clap in general just bad? If you don't Yeah, know. but I don't think it can kill you. I think it's just like I think it, it mutilates it just, you, no? It's just yeah, it hampers you. Yeah. It destroys but it doesn't like it's not fatal. I don't think I think it wasn't causes a, madness eventually, no? Wasn't it JP Morgan that had the clap and his yes. face was all deformed? Yes. Yeah. No, wait, is that the same as syphilis? Might have been syphilis. I don't know the difference. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm confused about. All right, so you went playing Frostpunk. And what else? And, uh... More Fortnite. Yeah, the thing is always there. <laughs> it's always... I want to see your wrap-up in year. I want to see, like, is it, like, 800 hours of Fortnite or something like that? No, that's probably not. Right. You, you need to show us your... I'll show you sometime. Show us the wrap. And that's it? Just those two? that and yeah everything else has been like films and stuff okay i believe it because i saw your cross media bar earlier and like the it was Fortnite, frostpunk and then after that was fist and you already beat fist so yeah i yeah i believe it's only been those two all right johnny thanks for sharing so i've been playing two main games um i guess i'll go with the one that makes more sense i've been playing pokemon legends arceus which came out last friday um so Pokemon Legends Arceus is if you took Pokemon and kind of crossed it with Monster Hunter in the best way possible. So in the game, you are sent, your character is like sent back through like some kind of like wormhole thing to like what would have been, I'm guessing, like late 1800s, whatever mm-hmm. the equivalent is for Pokemon, late 1800s. Okay. Where it's like steam technology. And like you're in, you're like the first person to like use Pokeballs basically. Oh. It's interesting. Well, they're not the first person. But you're like one of the first three people to use Pokeballs. Do you find them or do you make them? You make them. You craft All them. Right, cool. So that's why I say it, there's a lot of Monster Hunter DNA in the game because you are incur- You have to make your own potions. You have to make your own healing items. You have to make your own like devices. You have to craft them. 
And like so, like you'll ha- you'll reach milestones in the game where it's like, okay, here you locked a new recipe. Like now you can make super potions. Now you can make like great balls. Like you can make like better of your use items. So, like the person who taught you how to make the pokeballs is like the first guy to make pokeballs ever, basically. Yeah. And so, like people, because there's no pokeballs up until now, people are like scared of Pokemon. They had never been like befriended to them. Is there kind of a realistic uh, story of like how he made the pokeball? No, it doesn't go super to detail. It's not super detail. But is, like is it just like, oh, I put these fucking things together and I threw it at the motherfucker and he just fucking warped into the ball? He Yes, he does explain how Pokemon can be shrunk to fit inside the Pokeball. Yeah, he says all Pokemon have this innate ability to be shrunk safely. Mm. That's not, that's like, like separate from the ball itself. It's interesting. But anyways, I'm, I'm like halfway through the game, I think, judging by my playtime. And so you're Mister, you're like you're supposed to create the first Pokédex, which is like the like the scientific like categorization of Pokemon because before you, nobody has really caught Pokemon. So like, people are like scared of Pokemon because they never like befriended them. So you go out into the wild and you're encouraged to kind of basically capture multiples of the same Pokemon. So you reach like you have like a journal and like each Pokemon has like different milestones. Like you caught five, you know. Bidoofs, and he caught ten Bidoofs. He caught fifteen Bidoofs, and as you feel it, like you're like, as you catch more of them, like different types, like di- like they come in different sizes and stuff. Yeah. And then you have to like the game records like how many times you see them use a certain move. Like Bidoof has used tackle ten times, has used fifteen times. So like you're literally like categorizing all the unique things about this Pokemon, and you're basically creating the first like impression or understanding of what this pokemon is so you're like the og og original pokemon catcher basically but it play like the combat plays like the traditional pokemon games where it's turn-based but like you can throw your pokemon into the field and like it can like harvest materials for you like from a tree like say there's like a tree right and has like fruits you can throw your pokeball at it and then whatever pokemon comes out will like attack the tree to get the fruits or you can like throw your pokemon at another pokemon to weaken it to make it easier for you to catch so it's like traditional pokemon gameplay but it's there's no like transition it's all seamless like that's why i say it reminds me of monster hunter because there's like once you get to like an area so you know how monster hunter you have like your hub and then you go to specific parts of the island that's basically what this game is where like it's open world but the world is sequestered into like regions and zones so like, you can go to a zone and like the zone is huge, but you're like free to run around in that area. And so like there's Pokemon, you know, in the water, there's Pokemon in the trees, there's Pokemon in the grasslands. And it's just, it's really fun. I'm, I'm loving it. It feels so, it's like a refreshing take on what Pokemon generally is because old Pokemon is very like stale. It's been, the series has been pretty stale since like 1998, pretty much. And so this is like the first like, it's 3D. You're able to walk around. Like, while your Pokemon are battling, you're, like, free to walk around the area on your own. Like, you can still input commands, like, do this attack and that stuff. But, like, you're walking around and, like, getting positioned to, like, ready to throw the ball like, as soon as that Pokemon's weakened. And then when the battle ends, your Pokemon just goes back to your Pokeball and you're already, like... There's no transition screens. You're just, like, back to exploring again. Because all the action takes place, like, in... Like, on the field. You know what I'm saying? So, if you remember how Monster Hunter plays, like, where you're, you know, you're fighting a monster, and then you kind of run away or move on and do your own thing. Like, there's no transition or screen, right? You just run off and do your own thing. That's exactly how the gameplay is. Mm, Okay. So, 
it's really cool the crafting uh there is certain pokemon called alphas which are basically just like steroided up versions of regular pokemon and like you cannot catch those on your own you have to like first weaken them so like some pokemon you can catch just by quote pun catching them by surprise like you can hide in the grass and like as soon as that is tur- back turned to you you can just like throw a pokeball at it and catch it what are you saying I uh I don't want to like derail you. It's okay. Is there like a multiplayer Pokemon game? They're technically all multiplayer because you can play against other people. But wouldn't it be dope if there was like open world game and you have to compete to catch Pokemon and you go in there and you have your set already? The closest thing I can think to that is Pokemon Go. And then you meet the somebody phone. out in the field and you're like, let's battle, bitch. And the closest thing to that is the mobile one, Pokemon Go, the one that's on the phones. Pokemon Go has pretty much what you just described. But it's not like a traditional game. That's a but is it game. fleshed out like a... Not, not as much as you would want it to be. Okay. It does have the things you're asking for. But like, you know, with mob- the way mobile's designed, it's not as deep. You know what I mean? It's yeah. very much kind of just you go, and then I go, then you go, and then I go. And whoever uh, has just, the highest number is the one that wins. It's just kind of crazy because there's so many Pokemon games, but it's crazy that they haven't done... Like an open world Pokemon game where aesthetically it looks amazing. Like an MMO kind of. Yeah, and there's a bunch of players on the map. People have been wanting that forever. That's one of those things that's been they've wanted forever. And the thing is, like, we're, I think the issue is a Game Freak, which is like the main company that makes Pokemon games. I don't, I don't think they have the resources or the or the infrastructure for that to maintain like an MMO that way because that game would eventually have to get shut down at some point. And then it's hard to sell or to like capitalize off of that kind of game, I think. Why would it have to shut down? Why can't it be a service game? I imagine because like all things, like things get like less popular and they have to like shut them down or something. You know, like, yeah, there's updates. Yeah, I don't know. They've People have been asking for something like that and we've gotten like fan-made versions of that. Like there is a Pokemon MMO that's like completely fan-made mm-hmm. and like the only way it exists is because they don't monetize it. Otherwise, it'd be like a copyright infringement thing. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, like Nintendo himself, proper Nintendo proper, like they don't have MMOs. That's not something Nintendo does, you know? Yeah, that's weird. So I don't know. People have been wanting that forever. So you're right. There is a market for that. They just haven't done that at all. So anyways, I'm halfway through Pokemon Legends Arceus. So that'd be so cool. Like, Like you're playing this map and then there's different regions. And according to what region you're in, your Pokemon are stronger. That'd be cool. Like an environmental boost or something? Yeah, like maybe you're in a, a volcano section and you have a Charizard and then you fucking run across Squirtle. Somebody was growing like he's got the lower hand on that. Oh. Yeah, there's so much. But he can like cool down the area or something? Is that what you're saying? Like that or? Well, like you'd get like extra HP because you have the Pokemon appropriate to that area. Oh, Pokemon already has that. They have like environmental moves, attacks. They like change the terrain for like their benefit. That's already a thing. There's so much potential there. Yeah, yeah, they do that. Like, fire Pokemon can, like, increase, like, the intensity of the sun to, like, power up fire moves. Or, like, water Pokemon can use rain dance to make it rain and, like, make water moves stronger. Or, like, my favorite thing is, like, if it's raining in the game, like, all electric moves, like, have 100% accuracy. If it's raining? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Because, you know, water conducts electricity, so it's an interesting mechanic they have. But that's been around since, like... The third or second game since like 2002, like that's been a factor. That's been like a variable in Pokemon. It's like the weather and terrain. Hmm. It's just not that like 
capitalized on. It's not a big. They don't like brag about it or bring it up. It's just a thing that's always been there. That's um, I would play it if it was something like that. I just told you it is Johnny. No, but at a larger scale. Like, oh, okay. Like triple okay. A type of game. I think Genshin Impact does that, where you can like shape the terrain and like to use it to your advantage if you have like the right element. You know Genshin Impact, right? I've, I've yeah, I know it. I just never like really looked at it. I, I never played it. I'm tempted to because I see a lot of people on Twitter post about it, and I feel like I'm getting that FOMO, so I kind of want to try it out eventually. But the thing with those kind of games is like they they're like gotcha style games, mm-hmm. and so they like they're like huge time sinks and money sinks, and I'm just I don't want to deal with that. And the other game that I've been playing is, you want to guess what it is? It's an anime, perhaps the most famous of all animes. No. That should that should be a huge hint, Johnny. Give me a, like a weapon. There's no weapons. No. That's the hint. It's all punching and kicking. I don't know. Are you sure? Uh, do you have any other hints? Wild spiky hair. Yu Gi Oh. No. Uh. Bigger than Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, Dragon Ball. Yes, there you go. Dragon Ball Z. Fighting one. It's 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 not a traditional fighting game like with health like you know like side scrolling. It's uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which is basically the entire retelling of the Dragon Ball Z series as an open world action RPG, oh. which is like exactly tailor made for me. I haven't played a Dragon Ball game since like Budokai 3, which was like 2005 or 2004. So I have been itching for like a Dragon Ball style game in a long, like for a long, long time. And Dragon Ball Z Kakarot came out like about two years ago, I think. I, it was on sale on the PSN like two weeks ago for like 15 or 10 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And like that game is almost always priced at 40. So I kind of jumped on the deal because it was like cheap. And so you're playing the entirety of the entire Dragon Ball Z saga from the when Piccolo joins Goku up until they fight Majin Buu. And I know I'm saying names you probably don't know, but yeah. Oh, okay. So it's an action RPG where you can kind of, you can go around the world of the, you know, of earth and you can like run across random encounters. And then you have to like, it plays like a fighting game. Like where you have like your attacks, your basic attacks, and then you like your super special moves, like your Kamehameha's and all that stuff. And you're like flying around. You can dodge. You can do like the cold dodge where you like you like like blink out in one spot and then pop up in another one. Mm-hmm. Like the quick, you know how they do like they like blink in and out like a lot in Dragon Ball Z. And so you're doing like the instant transmission and like dodging attacks. It's like it's all done in real time, but like when you hit or something, you see like the number stat, like telling you how much damage you're doing. And so you can go around the world and like fight regular enemies. Uh, which are basically kind of just like depending on what era what storyline you're in like the enemies are different things like uh if you're fighting against frieza then like his his lackeys are the ones you fight on the overworld and so you'll fly around and then if you hit into somebody like you'll start the battle and like, you guys have like your fight and stuff and it's all cool but like you're basically just doing like the major big fights from the story so you're fighting against cell you're fighting against the androids you're fighting against frieza against uh majin boo against raditz all those different characters from like the series it's really cool i i'm there's a fishing mini game there's like a lot of stuff to do when you're not fighting there's a fishing mini game there's like a cooking mechanic where you can like scour the world for like resources and build your you can build a car for some reason like that's like a a side side like kind of like quest kind of thing that's just done for fun you can uh like i said you can harvest uh materials for cooking and the cooking has like permanent stat buffs for you and 
No, that's about it, really. Uh, for me, I just love it because the game feels so good. Like, it handles well, like, the buttons and the layout. You're never... Like, once, after the first hour, you know exactly what to do in every given situation. Like, how to dodge, how to counterattack, when to, like, block and stuff. And the game's, like, very fluid. It feels very good. It's a very, It feels like a high production value game. It's all, like, self-shaded, like that style of art. And it's just a blast. I'm loving it. Um, I'm almost done with the game. Based off of where I am in the storyline, I know how long Dragon Ball Z is. Yeah. So I've already entered, like, the final, final story act of the game and uh it's really dope um it kind of it got good review it got so so reviews back in the day but i think if you're somebody who's been itching for like playing dragon ball z and you don't like the traditional fighting games of dragon ball z where it's just like side to side like 2d playing fighting games i think uh kakarot's definitely up your alley i'm loving it i'm almost done with it um it, I think it's probably my favorite game I've played this year, even though, and I mean, I've only played seven other games this year, but I'm having such a blast with it. It's so much fun. So if you're into Dragon Ball Z, check out Kakarot, which is actually Goku's like actual birth name. Uh, I don't know that. Yeah. Kakarot. That's what Vegeta calls him. Kakarot. That's like his Saiyan name. And then Goku's the name they gave him on earth. Hmm. So that's why it's called that. Because I know some people were like, what's who? Like who's what's a Kakarot? No, that's just the name. That's Goku's real name. So anyways, that's those are the two main games I've been playing. I haven't really touched Game Pass since I finished Fallout 76. Did I tell you that? I think I did, right? You didn't tell me put it to the side. No, I finished the game. I finished like the main 76, you didn't tell me. No, I thought I okay. Yeah, I finished Fallout 76. Yeah, I did. I talked about it last week, I think. I finished we Fallout 76. About 76. I don't think you told me you finished it. Yeah, I finished the main campaign and I'm kind of done with that game. I have like 30 or something, 40 hours in that game. And I was like, okay, like I did the main storyline, completed the main story quest, and like that's it. There's more stuff, but I don't feel like doing all the additional stuff because it's just whatever. So you are now up to speed on what I've been playing, Johnny. Johnny, let's hear your pod racer pitch now. No, that's like the very end, the last time. I thought that was the very end. No, the very end is I want to talk about. Oh, uh, since we were talking about uh, Boba Fett, we got two things I want to talk about Boba Fett. You saw the gameplay, right? The leaked gameplay for Boba Fett. Thirteen, thirteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you think about it? Well, we've seen it before. Really? I mean, it's not the it's not that exact same scene, but we've seen gameplay of thirteen, thirteen back when it was originally announced. Yeah, it looks, and it looks the same. It's a third person action shooting kind it of. It looks a lot like Fallen Order. In what? some ways, it reminds me more of Uncharted. It does. Yeah. Yeah, look, it looks like it even had more polish. For the time, it looks amazing. It's one of the games where, like, that and Mega Man Legends 3 are the two canceled games that kind of haunt me where I'm like, like, if you had just stuck it out. Why Legends? Mega Man Legends is... Because I don't know anything about that. Mega Man Legends 1 is, like, one of my favorite games that right. I've ever played. I'm just going to put it on my, my list. Mega Man Legends. It's an old PS1 and 64 game. Again, it's it's Mega Man turned into an open world kind of RPG, sort of, but like, it's all action based. Wait, why is there one, two, three? Mega Man Legends one and two, two two separate games. Three got announced and then it got canceled. So three is the one that. Three was the one that got announced by Capcom, and then like, hey, Capcom wanted like player input, and then like they got like all those like, hey, okay, like send us your ideas of what you want this game to be and stuff. And then they just canceled it for some reason and said like, there was not enough fan interest. And it's like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Like, we wanted this game and you're just saying there's no fan interest and they yeah, just canceled I've, it. Yeah, I wanted a uh, Mega Man game to evolve for the longest time. 
And so they canceled it. It never became a thing. And it's one of those games where, like, I still think about it because Mega Man Legends 1 is, like, one of my favorite games of all time. And it's disappointing that 3 got announced and it just, like, Capcom doesn't usually cancel games that often. And they did that with one of, like, my most anticipated games of all time. And it sucks. So 13.13 and Mega Man Legends 3 are just one of those, like, what could have been games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. So. 13.13, rest in peace. What do you think about the last episode there? The Mandalorian. You mean Boba Fett? Yes. <laughs> it's sad that that was like the, in my opinion, the best episode so far. Yeah, by far, dude. Like, like we get the dark, sa- we get this dope bridge space scene fight with a dark yeah. saber and uh-huh. like him and the other, the I forget the guys for Paz Villa, right? Paz Villa, Vizla, and like they have like that dope scene on a sky bridge over space. Like, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. For some reason, we have Halo. In Star Wars now with the massive ring. Oh yeah, that was some kind of ring world rim whatever that is. That was yeah. interesting. Uh, we got Grogu lore now, where Grogu is gonna get like an armor set of some kind. Oh yeah, in the little bag, right? <laughs> it's shaped like his head, the little bag. Is it? Yeah, it has like the little oh, ball with the, the little bow. Uh, okay, okay. We got a hot rod section of the episode. That's probably my favorite part of it. Like, although it is weird that he's getting. They take that? a Naboo starfighter from Phantom Menace. That's a little bit odd, isn't it? It is because I mean, my my biggest issue with that is like there's no space in that ship. Okay. For him to carry like his bounties and stuff, really. Yeah. Other but, than the small cockpit bubble behind. But I think it's totally worth it. Like I love. It I like how the a, engine block sticks up on yeah, top. Yeah, it's like a hot rod thing, and I it, I like I'm more of a creative type. So when I see like oh there's a a, a piece of junk right there. Yeah. Right? And they're telling you like, yeah, you gotta help me fix this. And we're like, we're seeing it all develop, and it gets did you recognize polished? And... Did you recognize the BD droid from Fallen Order? I didn't. The little short one, the one they uh, that was uh... it like junked or something? No, it was right there. Like the the I forget the woman's name, but the mechanic she has a little BD droid, the little one, like the same one that um uh what's his name? I can't remember his name. Cad K the. Castile, the guy from Jedi Fallen Order, I forget his name. But was it like a toy of hers? No, or? it's it's the same droid. So it was like to scale. It was right there. Yeah, it was actually uh, real, right. like in the show. So people are wondering, like, is that the same one that's from Jedi Fallen Order? Oh, or just oh, that's this? Cool. The you know the little square one that goes on his backpack. Uh-huh. That one. She uh-huh. has one of those, and it's like, is it the same one, or is it just like the same model? Because hmm. it's one of the droids that she has help her out right there. So that was cool. But yeah, I like how like they went with like. He's like, nah, I'm not interested. Like, tell me when you find a Razor Crest. And she's like, mm-hmm. no, like, it's not a Razor Crest, but like, but if like, let me build it, like, let me get like your second opinion. Like, you might like it. And so, like, I like how we kind of get like, all right, I need this part, I need this list. Like, the Jawas can find anything. That's cool. I like that little part where the Jawas are like, just, I don't want to shopping questions. Just go get it. Here's a shopping list. I'm like, yeah. okay. And she's like, she, she's like, oh, they're, all, they're so furry. She's like, I used to date one. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what does that even look like a yep. human with a Jawa? I don't know. I, there's just so much. Like we got some Mandalore lore. We got that cool, that freaking flashback that looked like out of Terminator Two, like they're like bombing Mandalore, like the planet where they come from, or the oh, bombing yeah. room with the yeah, Tie Bomber. Small sequence, but yeah. And the K two S O droids look like Terminators in the wreckage, like scanning oh, for yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is this? That was that was a dope scene. I like that flashback. Yeah, there's that, and dude, just at the very beginning, he's like cutting bodies up. Oh, it's like you can come in cold, or you can come in, or you come yeah. in cold. And he's like already reaching for like the gun, and the guy's like, "Oh, you're surrounded." And he's like, 
Like, he's just, like, so cold and... But you get that vibe, like, right in the beginning because it's not, like, something necessarily Disney does, but the first, like, shot is him walking through, like, sacks of fucking meat, right? No, it's, like, those weird, like, They're, like pig plastic, p- those plastic curtain things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's, like, a butcher's place. Like, right, right. There's, like, there's meat hanging off the thing, and mm-hmm. that already sets up a vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a seedy back room area kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then he puts the body on the on the fucking table, and he just cuts it in half. That Did you expect great. him to pull out the dark... The, the, I didn't. The dark saber? I thought he just had, like, his pistols with him. Yeah, yeah, I didn't expect that. So when he pulls it out, like, that kind of tells us, like, what happened at the end of Mandalorian Season 2, where, like, uh-huh. he did not fight Bo-Katan for it. Like, he must have just kept it or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe he did beat her. I don't know. But, like, I did not expect him to pull out the dark saber. I thought, like, he was just going to shoot his way out. So he starts, like, slicing left and right. And then, is the lightsaber heavier? Why does everyone hold it like it's heavy? The lightsaber? The dark saber, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, they, they all that. grip it with like like with two hands and drag it like it's like heavy or something. Yeah, is it supposed to be heavy? Well, they had that whole sequence about like if you're fighting, you're fighting the sword and not fighting, the yeah, fighting against it. And like it. when you fight the sword, it like gets heavier and heavier. But it's it's an energy weapon, so like the blade isn't like material. Yeah, you know but, what I mean. Yeah, but I just took it as like some kind of like spell or something. Oh, okay. It's like a unique mechanic, unique to it. Yeah. Okay. Like a curse or like some kind of... I'd consider it more like Thor's hammer. I thought... Okay, yeah. I thought like maybe because it's made of Beskar, they're like, oh, it must be a heavy... Like it's a denser metal or something like that. Like, so it's like the hilt is heavy even on its own kind of thing. But it looks like the weight changes is what's trippy about the sword. When it's not Like ignited? it actively changes if you're not... Like one oh, with the sword. Oh, I see what you mean. Like the sword kind of... It doesn't obey you kind of yes, thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I, I had the moment where you're like, oh, he's going to New York when he has to hand over all his weapons. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. As into like the truck. Like pretty, pretty much like my one gripe with it. Um, How, how did that go? He's like, my weapons no, are... But weapon, you gave me the quote. Weapons are my religion. Or re- weapons are a part of my religion. Yeah, and I told you that part is invalid because he gave up his weapons to a well, three-foot fed droid like it was on, e- it, it was either that or he had to wait to speak to like whoever the port authority was and he just was in a hurry well the thing is like he gave up his weapons right yeah. like okay. i like how he has more than we know he was like oh and then this one oh That's and cool. this one too like you get to see like how dangerous he, he has is. like the the whistling what are they called the whistling the ones from his wrist the rockets remember he puts those there, the little bundle of like those arrow things. Yeah, weren't they called like little phoenix or something? No, whistling sparrows or whistling something like that. Some yeah, kind of bird. Like and then he takes out a knife, his blaster, the dark saber. His like, I think he has like grenades or something. I don't remember if he has grenades, but he has like all like like a variety of weapons in the trunk. Well, he gave up his thing, right? He gave up all of his weapons. But the thing is, how could you put the dark saber in there? Like, all his other weapons would be like, yeah, cool, I could replace that shit, but where the fuck am I going to get another dark saber? Yeah, I mean, if there's anything like real life, I'd be worried about it being lost Dude, in transit. Dude, I would not go. Like, wherever I need to go, I'm not getting like, rid of I'm that I'm sorry, dark saber. sir. Somehow we lost your luggage in transit. It's yeah, like, that... there was only one shit. <laughs> like, how do you lose it? That part was just totally absurd. Uh, what'd you think about the end though like when he's like he has like the he gets to finally fly the ship and like he's going down the same canyon from episode one that's the, awesome the, pod, it, the beggar's canyon it looks great the CG on there all looks perfect like as soon as he Steve. pulled out of Moss Espa and then you see like the actual like the, the what do you call it like the pillars the rock pillars mm-hmm. and like oh shoot like that's 
that's the uh, that's the race that's the racetrack from episode one. And then he goes, and then you see the ramp off the side where Anakin went up the same ramp, mm-hmm. like when he goes off road or whatever. I'm like, <gasps> like I was like, like I love how much like they're showing like respect for like the prequel trilogy. I, I've wanted. That's one of the reasons I brought up the thing about the pod racers because I've wanted it for so long. But that scene was like, come on, dude, like stop fucking teasing. Yeah, it was cool. I could launch off into space, and then he's being interrogated by the guys in the X wings. Mm-hmm. And like he's like, wait a minute, he's like, hey, you ever been? To-? And he just like punches it. He just launches. <laughs> I like how how they're talking about how they're describing like the mechanics of the ship, where they're like, yeah, this fucker doesn't have to warm up. He just takes off. Like he doesn't. Oh, even- he said he had the sublight engines on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he wasn't even giving like the full like power when he was. But flying. I like the description of that because it's it goes in line with like the hot ride thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a very unique build right here. Oh, that's right. He's like, can you like, oh, like send us your like, uh, reg-. he's like, oh, this vehicle is not registered yet. Like, like we just built it. We're taking it for a test run. It's mm-hmm. like, he comes up with all these like excuses for like why he can't like tell them more. And it's valid for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did like kind of like the, like, oh, send us your transponder codes. I'm like, oh, this one doesn't have it yet. It's like, we just built, my friend and I just built this and we're taking it for a test run. And like, and he's like, okay, like he's like cooperating with the authorities, and then it's it's when he gets that particular line of question, like, have you ever been to this system? And he's just like, I'm out of here. <laughs> he just like mm-hmm. punches out of there. But I like how we kind of like see it, like when he's flying over Moss Espa first, and he's just kind of like against the background, like kind of like ch- it's like chugging along, sort of. Yeah. And then once he gets free and like lets it loose, she's like, she's like, she tells like it's a, it's a space fighter, so fly it like one. It's like okay, because he's used to flying the heavy Razor Crest, right? Yeah. So he finally kind of lets loose with the speed, and like, you can kind of tell like he's enjoying it. And then when he comes back, she's like, "How was it?" And he's like, "Wizard." I like how he warms up to it, like like wizard, instantly. which is like the exact same line that uh, I think Anakin uses in Episode One. Oh, okay. wizards used as like another word for like cool or dope. And like no one has said that line since Episode One, so for him to be like, like they just came out with all like the nods to the, the to Episode One with it. It's like, oh, like, how did she handle it? And he's like, wizard. I'm like, ah, oh, like, I love that. I love that. So I the sad thing is, uh-huh. and it's the funny thing is that this is the best episode. And it's the only one that does not have Boba Fett. In fact, there is no link to Boba Fett to like the last two minutes of the episode. Yeah. Where his homegirl comes through and she's Fennec. like, you want a mission? I like how he kind of, like, for Boba Fett, he's like, like, it's on the house. Like, like, they have, like, a special relationship. Like, like, oh, like, oh he needs help? Like, nah, like, I'll do so that for free. what exactly is Boba Fett, like, compared to the Mandalorian? What do you mean? Are they part of the same tribe? Like, no. what's their relationship? No. Boba Fett is a clone, obviously, an altered clone of Jango Fett, who was a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And Din Djarin, the, the Mandalorian, as we refer to him, he was not born Mandalorian, but he was adopted. He was a foundling, as they call him. He got adopted by the more, like, religious sect of the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, remember, like, have you ever removed your helmet, like, in front of others? And he's like, like, he hesitates. He's like, yes. And like, okay, like, you're expelled. Like, that's one of our, like, because remember in season two of Mandalorian, like, no, season one or, t- no, yeah, season two when he meets Bo-Katan. And he gets like, like, like you taking off your helmet, like how dare? And she's like, oh, you're one of those guys, like oh, you're one of those like religious. So it's kind of like they're Christian but different churches. Well, I would say that most Mandalorians are not like religious, like Bo-Katan and like uh, yeah, but I mean like the same like like she's like oh, you're one of those, like you're one of the ones that takes it to the extreme kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So Mandalorian, the one we know, uh, 
Din Djarin, he's of like a specific sect of like Mandalorians. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, kind of the same principles, except some like bend them a little bit more. Like, yeah. Boba Fett would be a little more rebellious against. Yeah, the group that finds Boba Fett are related, I believe, to the the specific the other part of Death Watch, which was like a cult of uh, Mandalorians who they followed Darth Maul in the Clone Wars. Hmm. So that's why you see like Arborer, she has like the spikes on her helmet. Oh, okay. Which are like kind of like if it's the same group I'm thinking of, because uh, Darth Maul's like group of Mandalorians that he led called Death Watch. Like they also have like the spikes and like the the visual representation of what Darth Maul looked like. Hmm. So I think I don't. I'm not. I'm like ninety percent sure that's what it is because they're like the only ones who are like hardcore, hardcore about tradition. So, so what do you think it's going? Like, there's only two episodes left. Yeah. And I imagine the next episode is going to be a team up with Mandalorian, uh, with Din and Boba, and they're going to have to, he's going to have to take down or respond to the Pikes, the Pike Syndicate, which is like those guys, the fish looking guys. Yeah. And I imagine that's probably going to play out over the last two episodes. I'm curious to see with the well, lack gotta, of, I don't know if you said it, but they got to take care of, uh, what's it called? Jabba's. No, they're, they're taken care of. Like they, like they left. Remember? You don't think they have to deal with them? Again? No, no. They already said like, oh, like we're like we don't want any issue. Like there's somebody else here who's already a big player. Like remember they give them the rancor as a gift. Like okay, like we're going back to Nalhada, Hutta, which is like the home world of the the huts. Hmm. Like they're like done. Like we're like there's nothing here for us. Like even said like this is like a barren wasteland. Like it's not, it's not profitable enough for us. Like we're not interested. So like, you hash it out with whoever's like the new guy. Like we're leaving. So there's gonna be a downside for sure. I can see. So we got uh, Boba Fett, we got the Mandalorian, we got uh, Homegirl, what's her name? I forget her Fennec. name. We got Fennec. Then we got the Chewbacca type of dude, right? Uh, Black Crescenton. Yeah. And then we got to deal with these fucking Power Rangers. <laughs> they're going to play some type of part. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't think they're going to just disappear. I'm sure they're going to play some part. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming at least one of them dies by the end of the series. At least one of them. <laughs> just because. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, are you excited for the end? I feel like I don't know if we're gonna get another one. I feel like this has been a really lackluster season. I feel like this is just another like another Boba Fett season. Yeah, because I, I don't think, think he's gonna so. have everything wrapped up. There's no way he has control and like respect and everything by the end of the season. I, when do you think we're gonna get Ahsoka? I'm excited for that. That's supposed to be, I think, next year. Okay, I think. So you think we'll have anything before that? Yeah, is we're gonna there... get Mandalorian season three at the end of this year. I think. I'm pretty sure they mentioned that. Oh, okay. I forgot. We're like at the beginning of... Yeah, January. 22. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Soka, we probably won't see until 2023 because they just finished casting everybody for it. So. Excited to see what they do with Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then we saw the... The Halo trailer? Yeah. It looks okay. Something looks off. It though. looks really low budget. Okay, Okay, that's low budget. Aesthetically, it looks good. Just like it looks. It like looks a... true to the yes. source material. Well, I don't like, know about the story, but everything aesthetically looks true. Master Chief's armor looks great. The weapons look great. Yeah, the weapons look great. The it's ships just, look good. It just has like this weird, like cheap atmosphere about I it. I feel like it's like the cinematography. Like maybe it has to do with the lighting and the way they're shooting. Yeah, the, the scenes. It doesn't feel like tri- like a big hollywood production yeah a lot of the characters i feel they're gonna be like um nothing wrong with like emotions and stuff right of course mm-hmm. but i think it's gonna be a little too <sighs> fuck i don't know i'm not like the biggest halo fan i've only 
played and completed Halo Reach, which is like chronologically the first one. Yeah. So I don't know too much about the source material beyond that. But from what I've seen, like online, like a lot of people are saying, like, oh no, like this is not how Master Chief's like story, like, like they're looking for the Halo. And it's like, no, like in the first Halo, like they already found Halo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And this isn't about like Noble Team, which is like the team from Halo Reach. So like, they said like they're kind of twisting or like taking creative liberties with the story. It seems like, and I don't like the way Cortana looks. She looks weird. I think she looks okay. She looks weird. Like you're saying she's CG. I'm not sure if she really is. Really? It's not that uncanny valley. You can tell. It's not. It's not uncanny valley. But it, like, I think it's close enough to her. It's just, I don't know. It does look weird. Yeah. It does look a little bit weird. Yeah. But my main thing, I think it's the story is going to be focused on people we don't fucking know and we really don't give a fuck about well i mean that's characters. that's true for me because i don't know anybody about halo <laughs> yeah but i i want to know about like uh the aliens look cool the aliens are good are they are they supposed to be that big compared to master chief they're fucking huge they're okay because they look like big. twice as tall as he is or something no they're big okay they look cool those aliens look pretty like accurate to what they're supposed to like design wise yeah i hope they use more practical effects I'm sure. I'm sure they will. They look practical to me. The aliens look practical. Yeah. I don't think they're CGI. All they right. might be. I don't know. And um, what else have you been up to? Jimmy? Oh, I started watching Eternals. I can I say got... it started watching, as in did not complete. Yeah, because I started today, and uh, I got to. Let me see. Where did I get to without spoiling it? Somebody dies. Okay. Somebody dies, and then there's a betrayal. Oh, okay, so you're about like two thirds through it. Is it that far? Yeah, it's about two thirds. When it, it's revealed, yeah. Well, the betrayal. No, it's about well, no, 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 not that betrayal. There's oh. like, um, there's kind of like a disease for being alive too long. Oh, okay, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're no, you're about halfway then. You're closer to halfway then. Okay, uh, that's where I got to. Uh, I get the same feel that I got from the trailers. Does it feel like a Marvel movie? No. It doesn't, huh? Not really. The way it's shot and everything, it yeah. just feels so isolated from the rest of the MCU. It feels isolated, but it's something about the acting that's just off, dude. Like, things happen, and the characters aren't really connected to what's going, really going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I do feel some, yeah, some of the characters are stronger actors than others, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't know who that is. I guess, like, uh, what's the guy with the eyesight thing? Icarus? Icarus. Icarus is pretty cool. Like, the acting is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't like his accent. The thick... He has a thick Scottish accent. Uh, Jolie's... Uh, her Jolie. acting is good. Uh, except Athena, yeah. Athena... Her acting is good, but I think sometimes it's too much for everybody else. Like, she's doing her part. Oh, and yeah, it's, yeah, And, like, everybody is so calm or chill that it's she like... She kind of overdoes hey, like, it. It's like, yeah, it's like, everybody's looking at her as like, it's not that big of a deal, it's like, right? It's just Angelina Jolie being Angelina Jolie. <laughs> no, but I, I, that's a compliment for her. Like, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. doing her thing so well, it's but like, everybody behind her is like, not complimenting her act. They're like, wow, like, oh, like, oh, oh, my line, my line, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got you, I got you. It definitely yeah. feels weird. I mean, even by the end of the movie, I'm like, like, we get a lot of like, wide, like, far away shots. Like, it's very outdoorsy, very cinematic. I think uh-huh. we get a lot of like uh, Chloe Zhao loves to use a lot of like small characters, big open spaces in her movies. Okay. That's from from what I'm told. I see it a lot in Internals, but her other movies supposedly had the same thing. 
she loves shooting at what they call the golden hour, which is like evening, early, like late evening or early morning where the sun's on the horizon. Yeah, the sun looks like honey tongue. Yeah, you see that a lot. We're like, a lot, like, huh. A lot of these moments take place like late in the afternoon or like early in the morning. It's natural like, sunlight. Yeah, natu- natural, natural lighting. lighting. Yeah. Uh, that, so that's interesting to me. But like, I think that's kind of that and the relation that the characters don't really have to the rest of the MCU makes this feel so different from the MCU. And it feels more like a Zack Snyder DC movie, reminds me of. Ah, it does. Like, there's hardly any references. Because I haven't seen references to their other characters. Yeah, depending on how far in, they mentioned, like, Thanos, like, early on. That's about it, really, I think. But, yeah, it feels like a Zack Snyder DC. Like, it has, like, kind of, like, somber, like, dark kind of, like, ensemble cast feeling that reminds me of Zack Snyder's, like, Justice League or, like, Batman versus Superman, like yeah you know what i mean like aesthetically it has that vibe i do like i do like the use how like the, there's a motif throughout the whole movie where like they have like this golden wire aesthetic and everything mm-hmm. do you notice it like when they do like the flashbacks and athena's weaponry um when they show like the ships and like a lot of like there's like this even like the logo for the eternals like they have like this golden wire kind of like copper um I don't know if motif is the right word, but like they use that imagery a lot throughout the movie. And you're going to see it way later on too, as the movie goes through, like when they have like flashbacks, this golden, like wiry stuff that they use, it looks really cool. I like, I like, I like the look of the movie. It looks cool. It's just very jarring. If you're used to like, if you come off the 20 plus Marvel movies, like, like this isn't the same world as like Ant-Man. Like what? Like it's like that bridge is like kind of hard to make. You know what I mean? In my head. Yeah. Because it's just tonally and visually different. Something that bothers me too that I noticed with Black Widow is you have like the citizens are seem very disconnected to what's going on with the cast. Like, I think that's in every Marvel movie though. Yeah, that's one okay, like um uh when you go to Black Widow there's a part where they're in the liquor store and then Black Widow's talking to her sister. And the guy's like, how are you not reacting to this conversation, right? Like, they're talking about heavy shit. I got you. And the guy's just like, this is 395. Like, the guy's like, oh, it's you? Like, oh my God. Like, right. But they're saying shit that's almost like classified. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's in a lot of the movies. And there's a super disconnect right there. And also, like, with this film, I noticed it again when they're, um, they say they can't get involved, right? Like, hey, uh, Whatever, you can't get involved. But the citizenry right there, they know what they're capable of. Like, they've seen all these, like, magical shit that they can do. Right. And then at some point, they're in the pyramids. And there's a whole battle going on down there. And it's right, like... Right, the when they're in uh, Mexico. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like, I'd imagine, like, somebody's going up there. It's like, help us, motherfuckers. Like, we know what you can do. Like, why aren't you, like, defeating the enemy or whatever? Mm-hmm. And, like... They're up there, like, just having a conversation up there, and everybody down there is just fighting. There's, like, this massive disconnect I can't get over. Yeah, because, like, they go in there, right, to save when Thena starts going crazy, and, like, they get involved with the scrapping of, like, the other guys. And then, like, and then they just go, like, okay, let's go back to the temple where we can see everything, and clearly everybody can see us if they just looked in this direction. Yeah, it's really odd. It is odd, I think. Yeah. You're right. It is odd. There, that's one of the things that I noticed, but I kind of didn't linger on for too long. I kind of just dismissed it. But in retrospect, it is weird when they do that because they seem to be much more involved, like earlier in the timeline, mm-hmm. with like when they're in Babylon, 
Mm-hmm. And like they're clearly like perform like like Sprite is like doing like like illusions and tricks and like entertaining people and like yeah. they're like clearly like meshed in the everyday life of these people, right? And then it seems like as they go along, they kind of just slowly kind of fade into the background and stop. Well, every time every time there's like chaos, they're like, "All right, you motherfuckers, you know we can't get involved. We're just gonna be over here. Don't mm-hmm. bother us." Mm-hmm. It's odd. That is odd. You're right. It yeah that disconnect yeah. Like in Black Widow, I, I see that in a lot of Marvel movies where it's like they're just having conversation and then it's like like you have no sense of like discre- discretion or anything. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I mean, kind of the closest thing that they get to a uh, connection with like the community is where they discuss um uh like I think it's what was it the Sokovia Accords where in Black Widow no. I don't uh, mention internals. It's, I think it's one of the Avengers films where they do all this fucking damage, and then they're like, hey, "It's civil war." Is it civil war? Yeah, yeah. I think after all that mess, they're kind of like, "Hey, yeah, the fucking people are like pissed off because you do all this fucking damage, right?" Mm-hmm. But I don't know, dude. It's it's a little irritating. I get it. I get it. So you're gonna you just got tired of watching? Or you're just gonna do a no, two part? I'm, I'm gonna finish it just because it's like part of the MCU. That's part of the MCU. I've seen every film. I think by the end of the movie, you're going to probably... I think the first half is definitely a downer. I think the second half of the movie is much more traditional MCU with, like, the stakes and, like, the powers and the action and stuff. Well, because we're going to get to see... uh, What's what's it called, right? More of the Celestials. Yes. Yeah. All right. That should be fun. All right. All right. I think that's kind of it, Johnny. Did you want to do your... Well, you talked enough about the pod racing. Yeah, let's do the pitch, I guess. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've gone to a long-requested, long-heralded return to the pitch format. Johnny, are we doing regular? Oh, I thought you were going to do the pod racing one. Yeah, we got to... Let's so see how this goes. The, begin the canisters. I'm confused now. Let's pull it. If it doesn't work out, let's just go. Okay. All right. All right. All right. That's you know what? Right. We have time. It's only eight o'clock. I have time, I guess. Here, that's a. Uh, I think those are the modifiers. Okay. That explains why there's. Oh no no. That's oh my god. god. Why is this can? Oh, it smells so bad. Plastic. Oh. Why does it smell so bad? Plastic. Plastic doesn't usually smell that bad. No, keep it away from the mic. What are you doing? Don't. They can't smell it. That's not how mics work. <laughs> this isn't smell vision. Yeah, they all smell the same. Like stale, oh. it's stale air. Well, why does it smell that way? It smells like Crayola. No, Crayola smells better than this. It smells like, ugh, I don't know. It smells like, it smells like plastic that's been left in the garage of like a Home Depot or something. It smells like Home Depot. There you go. In a bad way. Hold on. At least Home Depot smells good with the smell of cedar. I don't. And I cut don't. trees. This I smells. I eleven. <laughs> That's the smell you get? I-11. Bay 12. What does bay mean? Bay. What is that? Like shelf? Uh, it's a section of the aisle. It's like a shelf. Yeah. Okay. All right. I forgot. What do you have? I don't even remember which one's which. Oh, this is good. Is it setting or like game style? Oh, you put that in the... You, you got to pull the pinks. Oh. I got confused. Loving you. Is easy cause you're beautiful. You know we're recording, right? And everything that you do. Yes. All right. Okay, this fits. <laughs> this ironic, it? it ironically fits. All yeah. right, cool. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. 
that's funny because that's exactly what pod racing is <laughs> what huh. you got all right so let me pull the last one um oh this fits oh, in a bad you... way oh but i'm not gonna use you it you give love a bad uh, it was a hospital I have sports. Sports, perfect. That's exactly what pod racing is. It's a, it's a spectator sport, <laughs> like NASCAR. So, what do you think? Uh, in our universe, what do you think pod races originated? Uh, okay. So most sports originate as recreational leisure activities out of boredom, for the most part. But where? Um. Okay. So soccer has its origins in England, as it comes as like an offshoot of rugby, which is like a British sport. Mm-hmm. Basketball. I believe has its origins in Harlem or some part of New York. Okay. Uh, baseball, definitely an American pastime from stickball, which is just a thing that poor people played. I think boxing goes way back to like Greek Roman times. I don't know. You're talking about where does pod racing start from? It sounds well, like an obvious offshoot of like people who like race like, um, uh, what do you call those? Uh, those flying things. I forgot what they're called. Not droids. What do you call them, Johnny? Uh, flying things? Drones. 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 I feel like pod racing would be an offshoot of drones. Where it's like, what no. if we just make the drones bigger and we can pilot them? No, I mean, this isn't... The, what I actually... The answer to this is, like, geographically where it's actually at. Oh. But... If anywhere, it would start, like, in Silicon Valley, I think. Either that or some industrial place like Detroit. Okay. Uh, okay, I could play that story into it. So, since you were talking about, uh, uh, like, sports and stuff, and like, mm-hmm. New England, whatever, all, all that. I imagine, like, NASCAR, where, like, your your pod's just littered with advertisements and logos and sponsors. So, what I was thinking, since you brought up, like, in the world, in our planet, what country it would be in. I think pod racers would really originate in the hot rod community, like mm-hmm. the fucking Mandalorian, right? Right, right. So, hot rod community and Silicon Valley, except... Uh, now we're in space. So that, like, Silicon Valley is, like, where we're getting the ideas of, like, we got to develop this thing, it's a new sport, etc. But it's dangerous as fuck. Mm-hmm. So how much are you going to find that much land, right? Like, yeah, there's some places in our planet where we could do that. But there's too much damn regulation. So how do you get away from the regulation? You, you take make... that shit to Mars. Oh, is that what you got? Mars as a location? Yes. That makes sense because it's space and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Mars. Pod racing on Mars. Yeah. Where it's open, flat, nothing's there really, just rocks. That yeah, a bunch of rocks. It's so is this like in the future where like the Elon Musk and Bill Gates of the future have like colonized Mars? Yeah, and... we colonized it. We're trying to keep people. Making uh... it like a destination resort for spectator sports. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we start, developing, we start developing pods out of the... It's like the Indy 500 where people are just going in circles for like three hours. Yep. Just pod racing. And you're just watching, waiting for the explosions and the crashes to happen. Yeah, there's no regulation up there. You just hear the... Exactly. Can you even hear it sound up there? In Mars? If there's an atmosphere, I imagine. I don't think there's an atmosphere. Isn't there like a thin atmosphere? Maybe. Like it doesn't hold like... It doesn't really hold gases, but it does exist kind of. Yeah, it probably is. I imagine there is, yeah. Whatever, we've colonized it, so we've dun, already, dun, 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 we've already terraformed a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're up there doing our thing. And is then, it like kind of like indie car racing where they have like the scarves and the goggles and stuff? 
like yeah. open pit like there's no enclosed like it's all open like there's no like canopy or like you know yeah except except when we first started developing pod races we needed we definitely needed sponsors so we got honda up there it's like shell arco yes, chevron we, we have all those companies up there but because the pod racers also have like electricity like the little things that connect them together you have like freaking energizer and some of the other ones involved oh the battery sets like this one is completely eco uh-huh, this uh-huh. A, the show is a gas hog a test a tesla pod racer yeah the tesla is like honestly it's gonna be one of the more plain ones it's just sleek black oh why i was thinking like sleek black and white yeah. and just with a boring ass like design yeah it's like the like the cyber truck kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so whether I, or not it works there's like a good there's like a chance that it might fail on you <laughs> i don't know yeah, I, well because like the autopilot like technology that they've been using on the cars and stuff uh and, yeah okay and, or maybe spacex pod racers that sounds a lot better that sounds more plausible that's, that's spacex design yeah. yeah i remember remember we have was it sony mobile mobile yeah, into, dude. Was it was their new their new branch Sony uh Sony Mobility Mobile? Yeah, it still has their uh, logo. Play has no limits. <laughs> you mean the 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 slogan? The slogan, yeah. <laughs> Play has no limits. Oh, it turns out it does. <laughs> A big big like PS logo on the back. Yeah, fuck yeah. Who would you like to see make like a? I would like to see like a Audi Audi like pod racer or like a like a Saab. Or maybe even like a, a Saab. Yeah. Who thinks about Saab when they think about nice cars? Well, no, something that's kind of like abstract, like out there, like something like weird, like unorthodox. You know what I mean? And like a Bugatti? Something like that, yeah. Or like uh, a um, Alfa Romeo, like pod yeah. racer. No, 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 no. What, what, like, you, what about like a Lamborghini yes, pod racer? Lamborghini it's like Ferrari. flat, sleek. Hell yeah! Like lots of curves, spoilers on the on the pod, like in the front that had like spoilers on the pods. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like all like with a matte like red finish. That's Ferrari. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. That yeah, is Ferrari. You're right. Yeah, Ferrari. It, it'll have the ponies on the side of the engines. <laughs> yeah, but for a Lambo, it's gonna have a big ass spoiler. In the Wait, so is this a game where we're just pitching the future? Because I'm confused now. Both. Okay, so okay, so it's just a racing game basically. It's just like NASCAR then, just with pod racers. Yeah. Can you like can you do like pod racing like in episode one where like you can like sabotage each other during like the race? Yeah, for sure. That's like that's... instead of an oil slick, you leave like a gas cloud so they can't see or something. I think okay, I'm a little bit rusty with the with the pitch, obviously, but yeah, obviously, I think this what we've developed here, the framework is good, but we got to come up with the story. I think the story should be uh, kind of like Ready Player One. It's... I was gonna say, does NASCAR have a story? I don't think it does, right? No, <laughs> but we're pitching a, a game. Okay, so. all right, all right, all right. Uh, you're kind of right. Okay, like uh, Twisted Metal doesn't really have a story to it. Much doesn't of a story. it? Oh, okay. This but, is like Speed Racer kind of thing. Like family, it's a family business of pod racing, and the dad dies, and then the oh my god, you're gonna make this Fast and the Furious? No, that's the that's the storyline for Speed Racer. Yeah, no, that's Speed Racer, Johnny. Okay, what is it? Speed's dad, he dies in uh-huh. like in a car accident. Okay. His brother, his estranged brother, leaves away. He goes away. I know it's like Fast and Furious, but that's the story of Speed Racer. His brother goes away, takes on a new persona. He becomes Racer X, which is like Speed Racer's greatest rival. And only Racer X knows that that's his brother. Speed Racer thinks it's just some rando guy. 
And yeah, that's your story of Speed Racer. Hmm. Okay, what about... I like that. Keep, keep that in mind. Except that all this stuff happened, like where his, his father died and all that, all happened on, on planet Earth. And that's when they were little kids. So he's carrying the grudge into space. Yes, he's carrying the grudge into space. And the and the, the person that killed him was the father of like this big corporate guy that's on Mars. Oh, okay. So the child, the son oh. of him is over in Mars. Uh-huh. So then this kid, he's, poverty, working up, whatever, he's working up his rank, up the ranks, working up the ranks, and he finally gets the golden ticket to go to Mars for like the and big then, shot race. Yes, oh. and then his father was like the baddest, like hot rider on Earth. Right, mm. he was dope as hell, and that's where he gets all his skill set. So he takes that skill set over to Mars, and he, he has malfunctions while he's racing, figures out solutions as he's driving. Hell yeah, he MacGyver's everything. Yeah, jury rigs it on. That's the wit- dope, dude. That's that's pretty cool. Like, it's like, oh, that's why she's spitting. Like, takes out like the little parts and stuff. That's why she's. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, like this is the problem right here. Uh, I thought you were having a. That's what she said moment. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's another Fast and Furious reference. Oh, he takes out the he takes out the spark plug and Tokyo Drift. Like, mm, that's why she's spitting. Mm. Okay, I like that. Uh... Okay, does it have a name? Or is it just pod racing? No, no, no. It's got to have a name. Uh, shit. This is the I mean, part. the obvious one is to go with Space Race. No. That's the obvious solution, Johnny. Space Race. It's not on in space, though. Yeah. There's space involved. Uh, what about Race for the Future? That's pretty good, actually. Right? Race yeah. for the Future. Um... Fuck, this is a, a part where it kind of drags. Because this is the toughest part. You give it to, um... Obviously, we're going to assume that Luke, uh, Disney or whatever gives the... Let's, since, you know, EA no longer has the, uh... EA doesn't have the license or the exclusivity. But they can still do... Who's the studio that does Need for Speed? Is that Volition? That's, uh, EA has that. I know. I know. But EA's still making... EA mm. doesn't have the exclusive rights, but they can still make Star Wars games. Who is the team behind Need for Speed? I always forget. Do you remember? Check that one out while I think about it. All right. Are we going to give it to uh, Polyphony? Oh, shit. That's good. Criterion Games. Criterion's the one behind... uh... Oh, that's right. They're the guys who used to do Burnout, and they got absorbed by EA. Yeah, I would want to give it to them, but a little disappointed lately. I wouldn't mind giving it to... What's it called? The guys from... um... Polyphony? Uh... Horizon, because they because they make arcadey games. Uh, well, at least we know then the game will visually look stunning. But yeah, because Polyphony just makes simulators. Uh, I'm trying to remember what what about uh who are the guys Codebreakers the guys behind Dirt like that seems more like that kind of racing game like Rally like that kind of stuff. I don't like those games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, who did Motorstorm? Not a whole lot. Because Motorstorm seems more of like a parallel. There's actually it. a rumor about Motorstorm. What's the rumor about Motorstorm? Uh, I forgot. Evolution Studios. Are they still around? There's no more Motorstorm games. Are they even around company history? Uh, oh, okay. They did Drive Club. Drive Club. Oh, they closed in 2016. I didn't know that. Sony announced that Evolution Studios was closed in 2016. Ah, oh, okay. So they're not... Okay, we can't even use them. I'm saying give it... Yeah, give it to um, Criterion. Or, uh, yeah, give it to Criterion. Okay. 
right, so race for the future. There you go. I think that's a subtitle. Oh, space race because I love race for the future. Yes, no, I don't know about space race. Too much race in it. It's too out there. It's like too somewhere out. Like I, I kind of want to make it something. Hot rods. Hot rods. Mm, That's kind of. It's a little too earthy. Yeah, it's kind of boring. Okay, race for the future. Why don't you just call it a pod race, race or pod racer, race for the future? Yeah, I guess if we have different editions, like what if we, there's a cops pod patrol? <laughs> pod patrol. <laughs> I love that pod patrol. <laughs> That's the DLC. That's the expansion in <laughs> pod patrol. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, race for the future. Pod patrol. Pod patrol. <laughs> You don't always hit hit gold, John. You don't always strike gold, but when you do, you really do. I like that. Race for the future, Pod Patrol. <laughs> is it like is it like hot pursuit? Is that what the like the equivalent yeah, is? Yeah, that's the. You're trying to take down the Pod Racers on Mars by tackling them, basically. <laughs> well, I'm trying to run them off the road. There you go. <sighs> okay, so we got the studio, we got the story. I like it. The premise, we got the name. That's everything, and that's a wrap. All right, that was fun. I actually do kind of miss doing this, so I'm glad we brought this back for, for however long we remember this. Remember what I forgot? We used to do the, we haven't done the feeling old yet segment. Well, remember that one, Johnny? Yeah, we haven't done. Well, we do like video game anniversaries. I forgot. It's too late for me to do it now, but I'll do it next time. I think we could do both. We can whenever it strikes us, we can just pull out one of these segments. I guess. Yeah. All right, Johnny. So before we head out, do you have any last words for our audience, Johnny? No, I of course not. not. Why would you? You never I do. Why would you? Why would you? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be a wrap for us. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions, you want Johnny to come up with better material or to actually say something. Oh, yeah. I forgot I was going to say one more thing. What were we going to say? He's nuts. Oh, God. You can reach us at DuoSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. Again, that is DuoSensePodcast, one word, at Yahoo.com. I think that's going to be it for us, Johnny. Join us next. Oh, of course. Let's pay our pay our dues ladies and gentlemen thanks for listening if you managed to make it this far uh we mostly do this for fun of course but it's nice to see when we get recognition and i see the view counts go up and or listen i should say we don't have a visual component yet maybe one day but yeah listenership going up uh we appreciate all the listens everybody who's been there from the beginning to if you just this is your first time listening if this is your first time i'm sorry <laughs> i'm just, let me just say that but uh well we we have we have our moments we have our moments on here so thank you guys uh thank you everyone for giving us a chance to entertain you for what is this close to an hour and a half no close to two hours actually so thank you for that uh we'll catch you next week and you have yourselves a great week take care peace bye